You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. So, uh, so what I want to preach on today um, is, is what we just got done doing, is worship. Worship is, man, when you stop to think about it, uh, what in the world is worship? Why, and why is it singing or praising or, or whatever we call it? Why is worship what it is? But I want to tell you right now that uh, worship is something that we were created for. You ever been uh, lost and, uh, and, and you just kind of wondering, like, why, why am I here? Like, what is my purpose? That is why when you draw nearer to God, he gives you that joy. Is because he knows we were created to worship him. And so when we come to him and he gives us that abundant life, that's when we find our true purpose. And so, uh, so I, I, I want to give you guys my outline today. And so I'm going to make you guys talk. I know I, this is my, somebody asked me if, if this was my first time preaching. This is my third time preaching. But, so I'm, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable, but I'm going to be making you guys talk today. So, so uh, uh, I'm not going to let you guys. If you guys are going to feel uncomfortable, then we're just going to be uncomfortable together. But you guys are going to talk, all right? All right, so, so here's my outline. I want you to repeat after me. Worship is in us, for us. Not us, through us. Okay, so worship is in us, for us, not us, and through us. I want you to see this because we're gonna we're about to unlock a few things here. But worship is in us. Okay, His breath. And by the way, I, I didn't mention this, but um, the reason I am preaching today is uh, Ben and my mom have COVID, so they didn't want to spread all that to you guys. Um, I was supposed to preach next week, and so we just swapped weeks this week. When I, uh, when I got a text from uh, Ben to our group chat on Friday morning, which we were supposed to have a staff lunch that day, and I, I got a text that said that they were going to cancel it because he wasn't feeling well and I didn't want to spread it, and uh, the Spirit told me, get ready to preach on Sunday. And so, and, and it was like, he, t- he challenged me and he told me, and I, was, and I had peace about it all at the same time. And I was just like, okay. I, I and Ben, he, he sent me a text and said, hey, um, can I call you? And I, and I wanted right there to be, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll preach on Sunday. You don't have to call me. Just, I, I, I got you covered. So here we are. And, um, and man, it, it's going to be great. But uh, I say that to say I didn't have... Uh, much time. Well, I did have time, but I didn't want to cram putting all of our notes and stuff on, on the screen for you guys. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you have pens, paper, uh, phones, whatever, I want you guys to take notes when we do our points here. I want you guys to engage uh, because I, I want you all to, uh, to get something out of this because God wants to, to open up our minds and he wants to reveal his ways to us in new ways. He's always giving us new revelation. One of my favorite prayers is um, that uh, when Jesus was with his disciples on the road, that he opened up their mind to understand the scripture. So that's, that's my prayer for us today. Okay, so, so here's point number one if you're writing. His breath is our breath. This is how we know worship is in us. 
This is out of Genesis 2. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And the man became a living being. And also out of Psalm 150, uh, David said, Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, and I got something—a side note for free for you guys here today. Y'all, y'all ever wonder what in the heck is hallelujah? What does that mean? Okay, it's easy. Hallelujah means praise God, praise Yahweh. So, uh, so here's a little uh, English lesson for you. Uh, the root hallel means to praise. The suffix yah meaning Yahweh. So it's a—it's the Hebrew name for the Jewish God. So literally, hallelujah just means praise God. Praise God. God knows all of you. There you go. Hallelujah. Let's, let's just all say it, okay? Let's say it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God knows all of you and wants all of you. God knows all of you, every part of you, and he also wants to know all of you. Or he knows all of you, he wants all of you. Okay, so in spite, just think about, think about there's not a single person on, on this earth who knows every single thing about you. And even if they did, they probably might not want to know you very much longer. Okay, but God knows every part of us, yet he wants all of us. Okay, so, uh, so turn to your neighbor right quick here and say, it, it's about to get weird. It's about to get weird. All right, here you go. Now, disclaimer, this is scripture, okay? I'm just telling you. Okay? Genesis 2.25 says, Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. That's the big part. They felt no shame. All right, I'm going to tell you all a little story about my little girl, Charlotte. She is quite the character. She has huge personality, which I don't know where in the world she got that from. Because um, one of her favorite things to do right now is when it's time for bath. You know, we gotta you know arms up, get the shirt off, everything, get ready. We gotta get naked to get in the bath, right? And she loves to go. As soon as she gets those clothes off, she starts running out of your hands and dancing everywhere, and she goes like this: naked, 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 naked. She ain't got no shame. No shame. All right? And the word of God says to accept the kingdom like a child, right? And there's so much, like, there's so much we can receive from something like that. Now, maybe, maybe not in public, but, you know, before bath time, there's a lesson to be learned there. <laughs> no shame. No shame. That's the way we were created, to know that God sees all of us, yet feel no shame. He wants all of us. In Deuteronomy 6, it says this. This is the command, the statutes and ordinances the Lord your God has instructed me to teach you. This is Moses talking to the Israelites. Do this so that you may fear the Lord with your God all the days of your life and keeping his statutes and commands that I'm giving you. 
Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. These words I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk to them when you sit down in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Let them be a symbol on your forehead. God knows all of you, wants all of you. His very breath that we breathe, his breath is our breath. So worship is in us. Worship is in us, but worship is for us. Worship is heaven. Worship is heaven. Psalm 27 is one of my favorite uh, chapters. It says, I have asked one thing from the Lord, and this is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him and his temple. And I want to I stay here and kind of unpack this verse. This is, this is probably, if you followed along with the fast devotionals, I, I kind of unpacked this one a little bit, but it's probably one of my favorite passages of scripture because it is that window into eternity. Eternity is worship. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to dwell in his house. Amen. Dwell in his presence. Just be there. We're going to be there with God. We are going to seek God. We are going to continually learn more, more about God and his wonders. There's so much about God that uh, it's going to take eternity to learn about all of the, the mysteries and things of God. And, uh, and scripture says that it'll take the coming ages to understand those. And so that's what we'll be there for, to seek him and to learn. And gaze, just marvel, just marvel at the beauty of God. You ever just try, try I mean, you can't imagine it, but just think about the beauty of God. You know, there, there's scripture that, you know, there's Daniel chapter 7 about Daniel's vision of the throne room and, and this Revelation 4 and 5. Um that just talks about the beauty of the presence of God, the beauty of God. And it'll all be before our eyes. Paul says that, right, that currently that, that we see um, through, uh, through a veil, uh, but then in eternity we will see face to face. So worship is eternity, eternity is worship. That's what God has for us. Eternal life is worshiping God. What I want you guys to know is that uh, eternity is not something that starts later. Uh, eternity starts today. It starts right now. Paul said to the church in Ephesus, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit at that moment. He is, the Holy Spirit, the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. 
Paul is saying it, it, it's, it's that moment that eternity starts. We receive the Holy Spirit as a down payment for our inheritance. And so that doesn't mean we just wait for eternity. You know, it's not something that we get to eventually. It starts now. It starts now. And he has given us his Holy Spirit so that we can walk out his ways and, and his will for us. If you have the Spirit of God living inside you and you are breathing, then he's got a purpose for you. He wants to use you. He wants to bring others to himself through you. Have you ever just stopped to accept that God wants to use you? He does. And there is no, nothing that you can do um, that can deter him from doing that. Because scripture says that in our weaknesses, he is made strong. It don't matter how weak you are. It does not matter because God gets the glory through that. And when we just surrender and say, God, you use me. I am your vessel. And his power can be made manifest through our weaknesses. Do you believe that? God wants to use you. So, when we're looking at worship, we know worship is in us because we have his breath. Worship is for us because we have an inheritance. Worship is eternity. But worship is not us. Okay? So, here's the, the beauty of the gospel. The good news is that God did what we couldn't do. God didn't just leave us on our own in our failures and mistakes and, and, and our shortcomings. And he came, he did what we couldn't do because he wants us. <laughs> that, I mean, it, it's just the scandal of the gospel is why? Why would he do that for us? We fail him time and time again. He wants us. Okay, but I'm about to go into a good bit of scripture here. So you guys ready for this? I got a lot of scripture here for you, but I'm going to show you here right now. God did what we couldn't do. Here we go. Psalm 53, there is no one who does good. No one. God looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there's one who is wise. If there's one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. Not even one. Isn't that just sad? It's just sad. Not even one. What I take from that is you think of putting yourself in God's shoes and he just looks around. He's looking. Looking for somebody who's looking for me, seeking me, who wants me. No one. Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." I'm hoping this is just a reminder to you, because <laughs> Scripture also says, where, "Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more." So let this encourage you. 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. John 6, no one can come to me. This is Jesus' words. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Unless he draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. The only reason you're here today is because God drew you. God did what we couldn't do. We don't drag ourselves here. God draws us here. Sometimes you can be so busy going through the, the motions that you don't really kind of think about why you do things or why you go to this place and that place. You know, maybe it's because a friend invited you, but, uh, but why did the friend invite you? Maybe it's because you have this hunger inside of you for more, but you just don't know what. It's something more. There's got to be more to this. So you have this, this yearning in your heart. Or maybe it was just an accident that you wound up here. Or so you thought. Can I tell you that it's the Spirit of God. That is why you are here today. The Spirit has put that hunger in your heart. What if you didn't? What if you just went the whole rest of your life just not even wanting more? <laughs> that in itself is a gift. That's a gift that we hunger for God. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because they will be filled. They will be filled. So the Spirit of God, God draws us to Him. It's not us. God did what we couldn't do. Because there is no one who seeks God. But God is good. You say God is good. God is good. Revelation 21 said, And he said to me, this is Jesus, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. He says, I will give water as a gift. A gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. It's done because he did it. He did it. The one from the very beginning of time. He has no beginning or no end. <laughs> it's done because he decided, that's what I'm going to do. He decided. Our God is a generous God. A very, very generous God. He wants to share with us an inheritance. He wants to share his glory with us. He wants to share it all with us. He is a generous God. When we serve him, when we serve, Bradford touched on this earlier, on the teachings of Jesus, give and it will be given unto you. That's not just talking about currency. We're talking about time, effort, <laughs> strain, stress, all of it. There is nothing that you give God that will not be given back to you sevenfold. Sevenfold. You won't only get it back. You might not get it back the way that you think you should, but you will get it back in more. Time, 
money, effort, strain, stress, pain, all of it. He said, do all things as unto the Lord. In all your ways acknowledge him because he will give you the desires of your heart. He knows you better than you know yourself. (laughs) He knows you way better than you know yourself. You know how many hairs you have on your head? Can you tell me the exact number? God can. God can. Commit all your ways to the Lord and acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. I was at a Bible study last night with my buddy Joe Parsons and his brother Brent. And they were talking about steps. Directing your steps. But we got to commit our way first. We got to commit our way to the Lord. You got to trust that he's going to show you the way to go. Delight yourself in the Lord. You ever, um, you ever do something for somebody reluctantly? Somebody asks you to do something and you're like, okay, um, sure, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for you. Just don't ask me again. <laughs> this is different. Delight yourself in the Lord. Whatever he wants to do through you, whatever you hear the Spirit speak, delight yourself in his way. All these things will be taken care of. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be given to you. What you don't even know that you needed, they will be given to you. So we have to focus on God. It is God that did what we couldn't do. Romans 6 says, For while we were still helpless... At the appointed moment, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will somebody die for a good person. Though for that person, perhaps someone might dare to die. But God, he proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, his blood alone, his sacrifice, we will be saved through him from wrath. For if why we were still God's enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son Jesus, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? That ought to get you fired up. That ought to get you stirred up, excited. God did what we couldn't do. And he didn't do it when, you know, we were close. (laughs) We almost had it, you know. That's not when he did it. At the appointed moment, while we were still helpless and still sinners, while we were still his enemies, this is when God did it. Not when we had it all together. Not when we got all our ducks in a row and, and you know, started behaving this way and that way and said no to this or that and said yes, you know. Not when we started reading our Bible more. When we were still his enemies. When we still did not consider God 
or pay him any attention or honor or glory. You know, when, um, when you hear the term fear the Lord, it's not saying fear the Lord just out of just being scared or fear God in, in that way where you're just shaking. It is in a way when you think of the glory and power of God, you know, it, it, it'll scare you. When you, look at, when you look at the stories in the Bible when just the angels of the Lord showed up, these people fell to their face as if they were dead. So there is an element of that too. But when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, it's the acknowledgement of the Lord. It's the consciousness of the Lord, paying him attention, knowing that you, you are accountable to him, knowing that he created you, he has a plan for you, and that he wants a relationship with you and acknowledging that relationship with God. Scripture says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. I don't want to tell you something now. The cross of Jesus was his crown. The cross of Jesus, his death, was the way to his life. His cross is his crown. Philippians 2, Paul says this, Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not even consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, Jesus emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave and taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man, in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. The reason it says even to a death on a cross because that is the worst way you could possibly die. The worst way. So not only did Jesus just become obedient to death, he, he, he chose to suffer it the worst way you possibly could. For this reason... God highly exalted him and gave him the name that's above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, the one who became, who emptied himself, the one who became obedient to not my will, but your will be done. Every knee will bow and those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth Every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. This is why we worship, not because of us, because of him. Worship surrounds us. As we've seen, worship is inside our very being. It is prepared for us. It is all about him. Also, worship is through us. We are called by God, not just to say yes to him, but to walk with him. Jesus, when he called his disciples, what did he say? Follow me. We're going to talk about that every third Sunday, this The Way series. You know, the early church, they called them followers of the way. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so if you're a follower of the way, what does that look like? You'll have to stick around for the way series and, and find out. We talk about the basics of, you know, what does it mean? When Jesus says, follow me, what does that mean? We are called to live out our faith. To walk through faith. Ephesians 2 says, for you are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Faith is the assurance of things that we hope for. When we have hope for something, we hope that something happens. That's, that's not what this is talking about. This is a different kind of hope that we have assurance about. A blessed assurance that Joe brought the house down last week. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. We have assurance in Christ. And living that way, that is faith. Faith is the assurance of all things hoped for. And in Hebrews 11 it says, Now without faith it is impossible to please God, for the one who draws near to God has to believe that he exists. But not only that, but that he rewards those who seek him. Sometimes when I'm reading scripture, and I know you experience this too, the word is living and active. But the word will tell me things about the character of God. Man, it is good when you can experience a new revelation about the character of God. It's like, it's like any other relationship when you're, when you're talking and, and, um, and they tell you something about themselves. And, and over time, the more you, you learn about this person and, and the more you get to know them, the stronger the relationship is. And so this is one of those passages that really had spoken to me. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you flip that around... What it's saying here is your faith in God pleases him. And that just hit me. That when God sees the faith that you have for him, that you believe that he exists, it pleases him. And he rewards you for seeking him. That's what faith is. You draw near to God, he will draw near to you. We have to pursue him. Just like I mentioned with a relationship. If you don't ever, you know, walk into the room and talk to the person, how are you going to know him? You got to spend time with them. Another way that worship is lived through us is that we come boldly. We don't just come to the throne of grace. We don't just come into God's presence with maybe he'll like me today. I don't know what I did yesterday. It was a little sketchy, but new. No. We come boldly to the throne of grace because Hebrews 4 says, therefore let us approach the throne of grace, what we don't deserve, 
with boldness so that we may receive mercy. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Mercy. And we will find grace to help us at the proper time. Anybody need grace and help with something? I'm assuming that's probably why you guys are all here. (laughs) You need to find the grace and help for us at the proper time. Come boldly to the throne of grace. That's what worship is. Pour out your heart before him. Sing and worship him. Because he will give you grace and help at the appointed time, at the proper time. So we can come boldly. Because he did what we couldn't do. So we we walk in our faith daily. We come boldly before the throne. Knowing that he paid the price for us. It's It's not of our own doing. It's the gift of God. And we rejoice together. We rejoice together. This is something that takes a little bit of meditation. But uh, we're, we're going to start with Romans 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith. Do you see what it said there? We have been declared righteous. Not thought of as righteous. It has been said. Jesus said that uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. We have been declared righteous by our faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice. We rejoice in the hope Of the glory of God. Not only that. I want you to get something from this here. This is scripture. Not only that. But we also rejoice in our afflictions. We rejoice in our afflictions. We come here. Every Sunday together. You might be on cloud nine. Or you might be in the dumps. But we rejoice. Regardless. In the hope that is our glory. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.